Hey, it's Radio Free Oz. On the web, on the air, at the speed of light. What do you think about that? This is the week of November 7th, and what a week we've just come out of. I'm your co-host, Peter Bergman, down here in La La Land, and up on the Magic Isle, on the Emerald Island, is my co-host, David Osmond. Yo, Dave. Yo, Pete. I'm <coughs> back here coughing in the dust from the dusty week. Ooh. Lot no of, rain? Lot of, no lot, rain? Lot of, no, I mean, in the news. In the news, oh. it's been damply Pacific Northwest here. No real rains, not much, but, uh, but boy, hey, it, it's been crossing the plains behind the cattle drive out there in politics land, man. Oh, my God, ain't it something? But before we get into the wonderful fun we're going to have, I want to remind the listeners out there, <laughs> yes, the, the podcastees, that uh, the green uh, donation button went back up on the Oz site. So go on up to RadioFreeOz.com. It's money's starting to trickle in again. Just enough. Give what you can. Make it a Christmas gift to Radio Free Oz. We'll keep this in your ears forever and forever. as best we can. So go up to RadioFreeOz.com and hit that green button. So what do you think about this last week? What about the cattle drive? Well, what do we got here, man? Well, you know, I did uh, I did one one night in desperation. Uh as I have, you know, one of those thrifty packs of, you know, 200 movies by John Wayne, you know. They're uh-huh. all about yep. 57 minutes long, and there's a lot of cattle in them. You know, they mm-hmm. cut away to uh, cattle, and behind the cattle is this cloud of dust. Do you think the cowboys are riding along in this dust? They're getting sicker by the second, by the way. And uh, and that's how I felt this week. There was so much dust uh, trampling up there from Herman Cain. Of course, we got to start with uh, with with Herman, but but everybody was, you know, Perry was, uh, you know, there's dust behind all of his airplane flights, you know, blown and up as I, he le- leaves not, the tarmac. I was not drunk, and I was not on pills when I made that speech. Now, the, the, there's the quality of the people running. Can you imagine Obama saying, "No, I was not drunk. I was not on pills when I when I gave the press I was just conference." Staggeringly stupid and giggly. Oh, oh man, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so nobody did. Nobody did very well. And and what uh, the Kane was tied with uh, with, uh, Romney. with Romney. Yeah, this, Kane was tied after, with Romney. Yeah, after the, the scandal. Yes, post scandal, seven out of ten Republicans say it doesn't really matter. So you got to think this is what's interesting, David. This doesn't say something about Cain. It doesn't even say a whole lot about the American electorate. It talks about that small sliver of Republicans who are going to vote in the primary. And if seven out of ten of them don't care if Herman Cain is a sexual harasser, then we're in for a creepier and creepier political season, man. Because, you know, if that doesn't bring him down, and now the— yeah, I mean, the weird thing is that the Tea Party is like totally behind him. The worse he gets, he is truly, as somebody, I mean, this is obvious, but he is the anti Obama. He's the yes. other in the world of black presidential candidates. There's there's the guy that's the articulate and and, and uh, graceful and ba- plays basketball and beautiful wife, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all that family, everything. And then we've got this other guy. Who's who's delighted to be posing in the guise of the other, and the other is just what the Tea Party needed. Romney wasn't the other; he, Romney's no. a suit. Perry wasn't the other; he's an inarticulate boob. You know, no, they thought he was the other for a while. They thought he was for a while until he let the Mexican kids come to school. Yes, how dare he? <laughs> that he was lost it, it all. man. I'm saying they were heartless because, of course, they were heartless. <laughs> because they oh, were heartless, yeah. Yes, so, David. And the, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just no. going to say his moment of honor, which was then you know erased as quickly as possible. Oh. So yeah, so it's the dust cloud behind behind John Wayne's steers, man. I thought as I was watching this movie, I thought here's these guys. I mean, not just the guys who actually ran the steers up and down Montana or wherever the hell it was, but all the actors who did it. Up on that horse, okay. We're gonna run some more cattle, you know. Thank God we've got we've we've got two miles of cattle drive film. We can just cut in, and it was well, like, dear, oh, 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 dear, oh, what are you shooting today? Oh, more cattle, <laughs> more cattle. It was like, you know, it was like, okay, the whole world was, you know, the whole West 
was Texas then, and all it was was cattle moving from one place to another, with a dust storm behind it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I'm still coughing out the dust. And today, there's the picture of Romney at the, you know, Americans for Prosperity. Uh, mm-hmm. and with his finger raised, I, he has never been more vice principal in his demeanor yes. than this one. It's like it's like principal poop, totally. This picture, and now and now, kids, uh, there's you better behave because oh man. Uh, oh, no, so, Dave, Dave, so tell I've got me, a quote tell, for you. tell me, Pete. Quote yeah. this whole thing, I hope it's the quote I'm waiting context, for. Okay, all right. Republican strategist Ed Rogers, and this is the guy that's been around the GOP the modern GOP, 30, 40 years, and, and very, very much in demand as a strategist, etc. right? So he gives this quote to the Washington Post, public. He said, our team wants someone authentic, creative, fresh, bold, and likable. And we don't have much tolerance for too many facts <laughs> or too much information. In politics, a bumper sticker always beats an essay. Uh-huh. There it is. There it, there is. it is. Right. Yep. Well, we learned that when we turned out the bumper sticker, not insane, which yeah. says it all, you know, at least from uh, from uh, our, our our perspective. Well, um, it's, yeah, so, you know, I've, I've, I, it, my, my metaphor here is uh, the dust is blown away from my metaphor and it's we're sitting around the campfire now. Uh, uh, tell well, let's, t- tell let's, me your Let's get back story. to Herman. Uh, we, yeah. Here's the thing about Herman. Herman's, of course, a, a, a buffoon, but what it did is it brought out all the crazy side again, which, of course, <clears throat> doesn't, you don't have to dig very deep to get there, on the right wing. Laura, Laura Ingram saying, those women are just gold diggers. They should get a thicker skin, and the ones that can't are just looking for the money and the publicity. And then Ann Coulter who is oh. the La Passionara of the extreme right. I mean, God, I mean, can you imagine? I thought once, what a punishment I have, if I had to go to bed with Ann Coulter. Anyway, and Bob Bill, you know, so anyway, she said, our blacks, i.e., the GOP blacks, are a lot better than the, demogra- the Democratic blacks. Didn't she say their blacks? Roll into it. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's our blacks are better than their blacks. I mean, yes. Where yes. Do, where is where is that coming from? Lord and have mercy. I was at the county library. There are three of her books on the shelf. You know, as if she's the equal of all the other people. There were three or four books. I wanted to burn them, but I don't burn books. No. All right. So no. Let right. her let her rant. Let her rave. Everybody knows. Well, go ahead. Well, you know, it's interesting. The woman that he harassed to the point where she had to leave will not step forward publicly. And I can't blame her because then she becomes, oh, my God. Oh, no. They're going to be crowding all around her door asking, what did he do? What did you say? Has it ever happened to you before? On and on and on. She just won't do it. Okay. And if that takes the punch out of it, well, well and good. But I think as the Bennett, the lawyer for her, said, where there's smoke, there's fire. If three people have come forward, and maybe it's two, one, the, one woman might be referred to twice, then there's more, okay? And, and he has a reputation for being a harasser. Anyway, so Kane, Kane's getting away with it, so to speak. He is still leading in all the major swing states. Yeah, yeah. No, and, it's quite, yeah, his, his success statistically is, is really quite amazing uh, um, in terms of, the commitment on the uh, of, of the Tea Party vote is seventy five percent of strong Tea Party supporters. Seventy five percent say that you know he, 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 whatever Kane did was not important. Seventy five percent percent. Carl Rove is sweating in his undies. He's really having night sweats over this. Eighty eighty five percent. Of Tea Party, strong Tea Party supporters say this would make it makes no difference in whether or not they would vote for 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 eighty five percent. Eighty, right? I mean, even in America, that's a that's a big number. You know, in a in a in a country where everything is measured by fifty one forty nine, you lose. Yeah. Now, of course, Herman is not being heavily. Uh, he doesn't have a lot of heavy opposition. Uh, Governor Perry, let me tell you, late, latest Governor Perry quote of the last week. The Economist, it appears, Dave, isn't impressed with Rick Perry's new Iowa ad in which he discounts his failings as a communicator by saying, 
I'm a doer, not a talker. And the economist says, not to be overly pedantic, but talking is a kind of doing. Indeed, <laughs> talking is primarily how one gets things done in politics. How does Mr. Perry convey that he is a doer and not a talker? By talking. What else is there? Interpretive dance. <laughs> <laughs> the and it made, it made me think one. of Jules Pfeiffer. You know the Pfeiffer cartoon? cartoon yeah, his character. Can you see Perry doing an interpretive dance of the flat tax and drilling? You know, it would just be just be wonderful. Yeah, just. yeah, it's an opportunity for Pfeiffer out there for sure. Though, and her ballet slippers, his ballet slippers, ballet slippers with that same kind of tutu that she had. Remember that? No, that 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 um, spandex outfit. Right yeah, yeah. now, Romney. I mean, Romney makes Kane look tame when it comes to one issue. Do you know that Romney said to Mike Huckabee this week? I totally would vote for a personhood bill. Personhood, which gives personhood to the fertilized embryo. The minute it's fertilized, that embryo stands before the law as a person. Yep, and so there will be a policeman it, standing by your side with a, with a um, well, we haven't invented it yet, but it's a fertilometer. And we got yeah. this meter, and uh, so whenever you have sex, we're going to show up at your house, and when it's all over, we're going to check you out and see if you're fertilized. And if you're fertilized, then, uh, well, I, I, we're going to send you to mom's prison. Yeah, well, it's not really a prison. It's very supportive. Well, yeah, you it know? is that. It's yeah. all kinds of things. But you know, Dave, what is uh, that? there's a problem, Pete? you know, and that's a, that's a grand idea, Sheriff. <laughs> I mean, it really is. Yeah, well, I think but so. The problem we, is... It's labor-intensive. Well, it's that's the women's so. problem. It's labor-intensive. I mean, uh, yeah, <laughs> I understand yeah. that to be true. Well, uh, we're going for fertilo drones. Okay, fertilo drones. Fertilo drones. Like <laughs> there will be before you can make love in your bedroom, in the back of your car, whatever area or environment you so choose. You have to let the fertilo drone know so it can check out. It uses infrared to look for conception. And then the drone does one of two. It, of course, it sends the information back to the National Fertility Organization, yes, part of Homeland Security. Right, right. And if, you, and if the, the male tries to abscond, he gets a hellfire up the ass. So, <laughs> oh. Uh, oh, yeah, not oh. a big hellfire. Not just a big enough, one. Like, like a bad case of piles. Uh-huh. That's, That's sort of the, the Gaddafi remedy. Yeah, well, the, the, the hell, oh, yeah, how about that? The hellfire, kind of hellfire junior. So, okay, Dave, I did, by the way, get... Uh, I have a little coup here for Radio Free Oz. Oh, I have a mole inside the uh, Kane organization. Sounds painful. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's Gaddafi painful. Yeah. And um, uh, they shipped me a copy of the new Kane radio ad that's going to be running in South Carolina and Iowa. Mm -hmm. And I thought we might play it for the Oz people first before the rest of the country gets a chance to appreciate it. Oh, let's okay? do it. Let's do it. You thought he was just a con man clown who was using his run for the presidency as a means of selling his books and raising his lecture fees. You were wrong. He's a lot more. He's a corporate coxman. Kane! Herminator the Sperminator. He's the harasser, the badasser, and the ladies love it, except for a couple of uptight livers who can't take a poke or a joke. There's a whole bunch of honeys out there who couldn't say no when the Godfather invited them up to his suite to look at his 999 cane. So if you want a flip-flopping, backpedaling bitch, then vote for Mitt the Mormon. If you want a pompous, pathetic, pussy-whip professor, then go for the newt. But if you want a real man who's not afraid to put his Johnson on the line, then your only choice is Kane! I'm Herman Kane and I approve this ad. Hell, it gets me hot. Hmm. What about that cutie down at headquarters? Well, Pete, uh, your your mole is a dangerous spy, I want to say. If he, if he could sneak that one out before it got out to South Carolina, where people will really appreciate it, uh, uh, gosh, a good man. In, now, have you got a man 
a mole. I can't say any, I don't want any, I don't want to give it away. And it's, but it was yeah. yeah. It was done by email. It sent me an MP3. Uh, an MP3. Well, I understand. You know, these days with um communication the way it is and everybody talking to everybody else uh, over mm-hmm. the entire globe all at once all at the same time, it's hard mm-hmm. to keep up. It really is hard to it, keep up. Now, Dave, you know, they they say that um Obama's uh, a strategy for running in 2012, mm-hmm. like Harry Truman's, he's going to run against the do-nothing Congress. Yeah. Right? Yep. Well, I beg your pardon. No. Nope. All right? I, 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 try to be, I try to be non-partisan, okay? And you cannot call it a do-nothing Congress when just last week, by a fabulous majority, the mm-hmm. House reaffirmed in God we trust as the national motto. That's do nothing? I'm sorry. If you say that's do nothing, then maybe you just don't believe in God. That could be. Yeah, that could be. Uh, that could be. I believe that uh, in God we trust has been our, um, been our motto ever since 1956. <laughs> Something like that. The measure, yeah. which passed 396 to 9, and a tip of my hat to the 9 who said no, yeah, really. encouraged public buildings, as if you could talk to a public <laughs> building, schools and government facilities to display the phrase. Its sponsor, Representative Randy Forbes of Virginia, That's said not the bill was Randy. needed. Yeah, Randy, because of a, quote, Growing, disturbing pattern of inaccuracy and omissions surrounding the phrase. I looked that up. I found two omissions thus far. In Dog We Trust, Uh which was just basically dyslexia. Yeah. And uh, Does God Wear a Truss, Uh which I thought. Yeah, and there probably are a few other, you know, spoonerisms and misnomers, but to me, in God we trust. Now, let me take it a bit further. The so-called do-nothing Congress Mm -hmm. has renamed or named 19 buildings across the country since 2010. Now, how about that? Really? Renamed them? Yes. Named or renamed them. What did they name them after? That's what's scary. I don't know, but they've done it. It they've really doesn't it. matter. The John B. Doe Federal Building of the Doe Department, of Redundancy Department. It could be. And by the mm-hmm. way, In yep. God We Trust is on all our currency. I think that since the Army recognizes atheism as a form of religion, right, or an approach to the religious issue, that atheists should have their own currency, right? Oh, uh, you get yeah. some real. You I get don't some trust going in God. There. Could you say know. I don't care. They put something. Just, just put a line through it. I don't, right? I don't trust in the money. Come on, wait a minute. God has nothing oh, to now, do with it. That's good. That's for radicals. I don't trust this money. I believe in God. I trust. I just don't I trust, just don't the, trust Fed. the Fed. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Well, once you get into who you trust out there, speaking of who you trust, what what about this unfortunately named MF Global? Let's just fill in the blanks, MF, get it out there, MF Global, and they certainly did. They've lost $2 billion, $2 trillion. They've lost so much money, they can't find it. And the biggest problem, now this is John Corzine. Yeah, yeah. John Corzine, the much-loved governor of New Jersey and senator from New Jersey, who came to them as being the chief bond tradesman, for I believe it was um, Goldman Sachs a crap, yep. where you learn after the fact he was a terrible bond salesman. He was an awful Wall Street figure, but it's just one of those people that's you know that fails upward. Okay, so he 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 gets somebody to bankroll him, and he buys this MF Global, which was already a, a, a company you know in existence, and he went long. On Euro corporate debt. He basically bet on Greece. (laughs) (laughs) And they lost. The question is, yes, they lost over a billion dollars. But here's the big issue. They used six to seven hundred thousand dollars of their clients money, money that they had in, in that they were keeping. Right. That had not been designated. Right. They took that money out of their clients account to cover their losses. Which is criminal. Yeah, yeah. And well, Corzine, they 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 thought they'd found, they thought they'd found some of the money at J.P. Morgan Chase. It was yeah, maybe it was some no, it was some other money. 
It was but some it, other uh, other lost money. It wasn't that lost money. It, it two billion dollars. You know, I yeah. mean, you can't exactly pack it in a sack and put it on an airplane. Two billion dollars. Well, well, you could, but it would take up a lot of. You'd have to go first class. I guess you would seats. have to you do that. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, those yeah. are my friends, the Satchels. <laughs> the right? Satchels, right? Those are the Satchel family. All twelve of them. They're heavy. Yeah, the little little weight problem there. The Satchels. Leave them alone. No, they don't right. want coffee. That's yeah, all right. So, no, they don't now, drink. Now, Corzine, when this first broke, they said uh, MF Global uh, declares bankruptcy. Corzine to leave organization with twelve million dollar golden parachute. First day, right? Yep. I thought, wow, Occupy Wall Street. <laughs> yeah, right. And then it turns out he can't have his golden parachute because he won't have room for it in his prison cell. It just, it's just, what's he going to do with a golden parachute when he's up at Dannemora or wherever they go or whatever federal farm he's going to? Because, you know, those guys are criminals. And at, at a certain point, the gates are going to close on Mr. Corzine. All right. So th- another. All right, so that's the bad Wall Street story. Not that I can say there's a good Wall Street story, except Ralph Nader, a man for whom I have both high and low regard, mm-hmm. has come out with an idea that I think I've, I've been expressing on Oz for a while now, which is let's tax speculation. He said that if we tax speculation and it is really, really low, he wants to tax it at like, I don't know. 0.5% that will raise hundreds of billions of dollars that can be used for in- infrastructure and children's milk and whatever other good do-gooder causes are needed out there, okay? And uh, the Republicans are going wild. I mean, not only are, are you taxing them, you're taxing speculators. My God, speculators, they are the, they're the gold standard of the Republican Party. You know, the true entrepreneur. The man is willing to take himself and you and the rest of the town down, betting on Greece. Yeah, uh, my attitude is, oh yeah, put it up to a public referendum. I agree. I think just, I think you'd have seventy five percent of the people saying, yeah, let's. What is it? Point oh one percent on every no. on every bet that doesn't or do, does or doesn't. You know, well, basically he says, you know, risky speculative trading contributes little real economic value. In fact, it, it, it contributes no economic value except for the fact that the people who work in the organization get a salary, okay? There, there's a certain amount of GDP there. Otherwise, it's strictly moving money around. Well, that's, it's one thing that's, they hate, income redistribution. Yeah, but it it's trickle-down. See, if, if, if those people who are just making these bets and, and they're only making money, they're not making anything else but money, that money will trickle down to people who, uh, let's see, make shoes and handbags. Make shoes. Yeah, because you think they're going to buy their shoes? Yeah, if they work in Szechuan for 83 cents a day, they'll buy those shoes, buy the peck. All right, so uh, I've always thought also, David, it's not just enough that we tax speculation and heavily. We also have to tax leverage. One of the things that brought Wall Street down just before the 08 crisis, this was another group of quants on Wall Street, who've dreamed up this fabulous plan on how to become billionaires by leveraging their arbitrage. or In other words, arbitrage is the difference in world price between two products, usually currency, okay? It can also be real goods. And what they do, you can't make much if you, you put in a $100 buy, you might make three cents, okay? But if you put in a billion-dollar buy, you're going to make 300 grand that day. But the problem is to do that, you have to leverage yourself, which means... You don't have the money. You're promising the money if you lose it. They used to call it margin. This is way beyond margin, okay? Some of these guys are leveraging themselves at 50, 60, 70, even 80 times what they have. And when they crash, they bring the whole system down. So we have to put, first of all, we should put a cap on leverage and we should tax leverage severely. What's wrong with just investing the money you have on the table? Do you know what I mean, Dave? Well, table I, I, all, I can, all I can say to you, Mr. Bergman, is that any proposal you might make destroys job creation in this country. Oh, really? How's that? How does, how does that work? Well, <clears throat> well you take you money away from that. rich people and it destroys job creation in this country, sir. 
Well, uh, as, as does regulation. You're quite uh, right. Oh, yeah. I mean, All that regulation, that destroys job creation in this country. If we didn't have regulated, uh, the six-year-olds would be down there fracking right now. They'd be they'd fracking. Be fra- they'd be fracking, right. Fricking, and instead of, <laughs> instead of fucking, they'd be fracking. And you know what? It'd be good for their characters and, and good for the economy. Think of all the natural gas those six-year-olds could frack if it weren't for the damn regulators. How much That's frack could a six-year-old regulators. frack if a frick... Yeah, well, anyway... Yeah, yeah. And, no, that's the, that has been the excuse. The Republican Party has been saying this. I've been around a long time. So have you. So you know that the Republican Party has been saying that the excuse for anything they don't want to do is it doesn't create jobs. Yeah. It, yeah. It's always been that way. Regulation, you, uh, you know, uh, atomic energy, name anything kind of really seriously dangerous, you know. Or, or, or that, jobs. Uh, yeah, it, it just provides work. It, it's well, uh, good, it's good jobs. You know, an endless discussion of infrastructure in this country, where uh, how many people actually you know build bridges? I mean, really good bridges. Well, how how, how many engineers are there who are out of work right now, or who are working at Boeing, say, and would like to build a wall somewhere? You know, Boeing yeah, builds yeah. walls. You ever hear of that oh, one? That's right. Ooh, well, you know, there, nobody's been building any bridges, good or bad, or repairing them for ever so long. And as a result, not a direct result, I read an interesting story yesterday that said of the people, the students that enter college as science and pre-science, pre-engineering, pre-med, 40 to 60% of them drop out of, the, of, of that major. They, so the number of engineers we're actually creating is minor, and I think one reason is there ain't a lot of work for them. So, okay, the Republicans well, uh, say – go ahead. Well, I think there's some huge fraction, um, a majority of students in – Tech in you know in in highly technical graduate courses are mostly from other countries in American right. graduate schools. I mean, I think the proportion is very large for some place, North Carolina or somewhere in the South. It was like seventy five percent are from India and China and other places here stu- here studying to get degrees in in technical subjects. Uh, and and presumably take them back home or or stay here and have you know well paying job doing something that for some reason uh, uh, Americans not only don't want to pick fruit they don't seem to want to go to learn how to be an engineer either because the math is too hard is one of the things they say they're not ready people who want to be engineers are not ready for algebra geometry and calculus like you can like yeah I can build that bridge without math I think you know just kind of Looks good, doesn't it? Come in a kit. So <laughs> I, got, um, I, have the, I have this video yeah. game that teaches me how to do it. Yeah, I can do it. I can do it at home. A uh, friend of mine, this is years ago, but it hasn't changed. Uh, he had a company in Boston, Massachusetts. He was a, a physicist, but a materials physicist. They made these thin wafers, okay, that were used in something. And it's called thin film physics, okay, part of material physics. And he was very successful. And Rutgers University, which has a fine engineering and, you know, high-tech graduate school, said, would you sit on the, the committee where these people come in to defend their uh, theses, mm-hmm. okay, like their orals? So he did. And he did it for a number of years. I don't know how many years, but he told me, Peter, the whole time I was at Rutgers, not one of the people that came before me to defend their thesis was born in America. Not one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Palestine, Egypt, Malaysia, China, India, yeah. Uh-uh, not America. Well, now, so we're, well, why is that? The math is too hard? I mean, well, let's, let's talk about the Is it something in the middle? Educational system, David. Uh, watching television and playing video games is all very well and good, but it really has nothing to do with the quality of studying and learning. Thumb candy is not learning calculus. Now, I don't think everybody should have to learn calculus. That's another problem. They give algebra and calculus to people who will never use it, to whom it is irrelevant. But to the people whom it, whom it, to whom it is relevant, they don't see the relevancy because it's, it's hard. 
You know, it's hard and you got to learn and scratch your head. It's like languages. We don't speak anybody else's language. We hardly speak our own, Dave. Yeah, well, the, the math scores, was it Ireland or was it Washington State? Anyway, a headline about the math scores go up. Uh, maybe it was national math scores go up, reading scores go down. I think it was Washington State. Math, math scores, scores, math up, scores, scores up a little bit, up a tweak, you know, but the reading scores go down because no one reads anymore. Parents don't read to their children unless no. they're, they're uh, unless they've been re-educated at the read to your children farm, which, you know, yeah. every parent should have to go to. Along with mommy prison. In fact, we should, we should mommy put prison, that into the mommy yeah, prison. Yeah, mommy, mommy prison and reading farm, you know. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, Dave... Yeah. Uh, also, they've found that in a lot of states, those tests are corrupt. <laughs> there's, there's tons of cheating going on, so the scores are inflated anyway. It's, it's all, a miserable situation. Yes, it's all corrupt. Filling in the blanks is, is corrupt, and, and uh, teaching to the test is corrupt. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, but I think everybody is complicit. I mean, I think the, the, the school unions, particularly in really strong places like New York and, and, and Los Angeles, where you, they are up, teachers are up against extraordinarily difficult uh, uh, racial, social, and economic parameters in which they have to educate everybody, as well they should. But where's, where does the money disappear, disappear from first? Education. Well, you know, England used to have what they call streaming, okay? Yeah. In which, at a certain point, you plucked people out that were qualified to go on to college, those that were going to go to trade school, et cetera. They went into, into streams, right? And that turned out to be socially unacceptable. No, that's politically incorrect. So everybody together in the same room, and that's just the way it is, okay? So uh, this, this has never been an issue in America. We've never streamed anybody. The only way we create any kind of streaming is by being, afford, uh, being able to afford to send our kids to private school, which is a form of streaming, mm-hmm. okay? Because mm-hmm. then, then they're with a bunch of other kids whose parents had to pay to get them there. Not that all the kids are bright, but they're, they're brighter, and, uh, and, and there's more expected of them because it isn't a uh, lowest common denominator state educational system. So that's that's just that's class. That's just creating well, class. Well, it's, it's the lowest common denominator system, which is what's that's one of the things that's wrong with public education, which is like another another whole radio program we could have on Tuesdays. You know, uh, it, it's teaching to the no. You teach at you 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 trust the teacher and hire the teacher and train the teacher to be able to approach a class of say a dozen to under 20 kids in uh-uh. any class 30, situation. I'm trying to reduce these things, you oh, know. You okay, train them, you, you cut them down. You have, <clears throat> it's individual work with kids. There are, it's well known now that kids have different learning abilities. Yep. Uh, and you have to teach to the learning ability. If you teach to a common denominator, it's, nobody is there. It's like 50%. Right. You know, nobody's at 50%. Everybody's you know, a little bit this way or a little bit that way or a little bit both ways. So, Correct. It, so it, it doesn't work. And, and of course, I, I've never been able to understand why education is cuttable. There ought to be – every state ought to have a um, – you know, in the Constitution, you know, a, 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 a constitutional barrier against cutting education. That's a responsibility of states. Isn't it? But the, yeah, but it is. But then even the word education in California, uh, you know, I did that after school program for a yeah. while. And, you know, I was so unaware of what was going on. They have to, every teacher, at least by the law of California, has to be teaching the same page of the same book on the same day. Did you know that? They've all got to be teaching chapter six on discovering California on Tuesday and the second half of chapter six on Wednesday. And if they don't, they get dinged for it. Okay. This is, I mean, we talk about that. Not, this isn't even education. Can you imagine how cynical this makes the kids? Do they, Plus the, tell me now, have they got a drone in the classroom? So if they ain't on the same page, we can drone them. 
Well, that's an edge drone. Edge drone. Yeah. That's right. Edgy well, drone. let's get those edge drones in there. We got the we we we, we got the 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 fertile fertilidromes. We got them in there. Yeah. And now let's yeah. get the edge drones. We got them in there, so we could just pluck these people out. Just uh, hardly any collateral damage. I mean, just a few kids here and there. Well, even so, you know, we could even go on a nonviolent drone where, where it turns out this ear-splitting screech whenever the teacher is not exactly on the same page as everybody else in the state. Uh, it's just, it's I, known I, all through the school that you have an apostate. And, uh, okay? I, I, no I say it. unless they are covered with mushrooms. I say, you got to disfigure them somehow so that people really know, can't get out of school with that. Oh, look at that. Covered with mushrooms. She must have not been on page 32 today. Hmm. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Must must be that. Okay. Frightening. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about... You know, the, you Kane give, is frightening. Yeah, you, I, yeah. You didn't give the great Kane quote of the week, though. The cane coat of the week, yeah, meaning the brothers, which one? Bro, the, is it the Coke brothers, we're brothers from another mother, or, uh, that quote? Oh, that's what he said, I'm a Coke brother from another, another mother. mother. Yeah, the Coke brothers. And the minute he attached himself to the Coke brothers, the tea party just it became, you know, launched two feet off the ground. Well, they're owned and paid for by the Coke brothers, so they're very, very happy. You know, Kane's uh, major source of income after he left the head of the uh, National Harassment Association <laughs> right. was was uh, giving uh, pep talks to organizations funded um, completely or, or somewhat by the Koch brothers. He's a Koch brother pimp. That's it. Yeah. And he wears a pimp hat. Have you seen him in his pimp hat? Oh, yeah. He, seen, oh, Kane in his pimp hat. Man, that's, that's cool. That Where's the girls a, on each arm? That is a fine hat. Fine hat, but fine, you were going to move on. Hat. You were going to move on. I dragged you back into Kane, but you were going to move on. Uh, I got. I'm going to read this. This is, you know, they say, "Hey, Peter, don't get so excited, don't you know?" No, I am still a naive. I'm still in the Peter Pan school of, excuse the word, American patriotism. Or I'm a man of the Commonwealth. Okay. Okay. I love this country, and I love upon which it, those things upon which it was built. I know if you go back to the Howard Zinn school and all the other people, they'll tell you that there were slaves in this. I understand. But still, above it all, this should be at least a remarkable place. Get this. Greg Sargent, he's a, a reporter, okay, and a pundit. He found this question, David, in a recent Suffolk University poll conducted in Florida. Here's the question. Do you think the Republicans are intentionally stalling efforts to jumpstart the economy to ensure that Barack Obama is not reelected? I.e., are they ruining us for purely selfish political reasons? 49% said yes, and 39% said no, for, uh, and 12% uh, and were undecided. So This, this is Florida? Florida responded? Florida, Florida, big swing state, yeah, right? Yeah. And, and, and a very diverse population, okay? 50% of the people polled said, yes, the GOP is, what's the word, stalling efforts to jumpstart the economy to ensure that Barack Obama is not reelected. Uh, uh, another pundit, Steve Bennon, says, here's a suggestion for other pollsters. Given these results in one of the nation's largest states and the fact that the charge has been made by so many prominent political voices, perhaps it's time to start putting the question to a national audience. Okay, now we know that this week the Republicans blocked the infrastructure bill. Right? Yep. No, yep. Yep. we won't no. spend $60 billion uh, to build bridges. We've already turned down $345 billion for to keep teachers and policemen and firemen on the job. Okay, now get this. With 51% of voters saying the jobs and the economy are the most pressing issues in the nation, 49% said they believe that the Republicans are intentionally hindering efforts to boost the economy so that President Obama will be reelected. Okay, 39% disagree. As expected, most registered Democrats, 70%, agreed that the Republicans are wreckers. And get this, 52% of independents said it also. Hmm. Even 24% of Republicans said their party are wreckers. They're economic treasonists, right? Uh, okay, it's not a national poll, but it's still a good state. And in Florida, nearly half the voters and a majority of Dems and independents believe Republicans are so craven so devoid of a sense of duty to their country that they're holding back the economy on purpose because they hate Obama more than they care about the rest of us. Nearly one in four Republicans believe this to be true. Ah, hmm. ah, hmm. I mean, hmm. in, in any kind of a 
in any kind of a sane state, right, you'd say, these people are doomed. Uh, the people will rise up against them. No, not a ripple. Hasn't changed any of the Obama's uh, uh, positives are up uh, 49 positive, 50 negative, right? He's coming up a little bit, but not like enough with these bastards. No, 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 not, 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 not on not. any level. I mean, you, you were talking about the "do nothing" Congress, which was the Truman uh, uh, slogan. Yeah, uh, of course they've done these wonderful things, like uh, you know, assert that our, our our national slogan has God in it. That's really an important thing to get on the, you know, get on the money. Yeah, you bet. Uh, get on it but, right now. But, there are no but problems do, it's not. Than, it's not like so it's much being misconstrued. It's not so much a do-nothing as a prevent-anything-from-getting-done Congress. Yes, they, you're right. They're busy blocking. These are busy blockers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. now, David, David, this, it, it, it gets it, uh, the height of cynicism, okay? Get this. Chicago reports that someone at the Chicago Board of Trade blanketed Occupy Chicago protesters with hundreds of McDonald applications. McDonald's applications, mocking the demonstrators camped outside, okay? Mm. Employees at the organization, the world's oldest future exchange, CBOE, have heckled Occupy Chicago protesters since day one. They proudly hung a sign out in front of their building that said, we are the 1%. Oh, good, good. And they Let's papered, get them identified. And they, papered them, they papered them with McDonald's applications like, you're just a bunch of slackers and bums, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Just why don't you go flip burgers? And remember, we are the 1%. It's got to come back. This is too outrageous not to come back at them. I, I, unless there is no, what, what can you say? It's not even, unless there is no irony in the world. Justice, wait a minute. Is there no irony left? Does, doesn't anybody do windows and irony anymore? <laughs> well, are, are, are those people at Board of Trade, uh, this is people who, this is the pork bellies people, right? Speculators. Yeah, speculators. Uh, they're pr proudly one, proudly one percent. Um, we are one percent. Well, is, is that, that's not ironic, is it? No, it's not ironic. That's, it's that's wild. It, it's true. It's arrogant and, and it's true. And it's arrogant and it's cruel, and it shows that it's class war. You know what that is, David? That's a class war slogan. What the Occupy Wall Street are walking around with saying, we are the 99%, let's get a little redistribution, let my children go to college and all this stuff. That isn't class war. This is class war. And I, I tell you, David, well, I how are you going to take war, war to them? Because they're, you know, there's a police line, especially in Chicago. Yes, there's a police line, but you know, sooner or later, the uh, all of a sudden the police, the, there's no money to keep them on the force, remember? <laughs> it's right. getting harder and harder. So, yes, the police will do their job, but, but Occupy Wall Street is not a violent group. Yes, there was violence in Oakland, and we don't know really how that began. They did close down the third or fourth largest port in America by just climbing up on the, uh, uh, on the derricks, right? Yep. Well, that's a big deal. Anarchists, you have to watch out for those anarchists. Them, them hooded anarchists. Yeah, 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 them hooded anarchists. Well, the other thing that was going on this week is there it, it, the pressure on. There's this super committee in Congress. Do we have to explain <laughs> this that, that these are the people who are going to decide the economic future of America if they can only agree on whether to use the men's bathroom or the women's bathroom? Well, they're. they're uh... The super committee. Well, they're I mean, they're in trouble because remember, um, I, I'm I'm getting an echo on your end for some reason. Uncle on Pete. my end, you're getting an echo. Yeah. Oh, I mean it's okay. It doesn't drive me crazy, but if you put your earphones on, I think things will be better. Uh, anyway, there is, so there's this big legislation that went down that created the super committee that said, okay, if you guys can't agree, we will have. Draconian cuts. We don't know what the word draconian means, but it's a good one to put in front of cuts, which means look out. Everybody's going to go down here. You know, everybody's going to get less of everything, including the uh, including the uh, armed forces. Oh, uh, wait a minute. They, uh -oh. forgot, they forgot about they forgot about the weaponized Keynesians. 
Paul Krugman uh, has, has you know, said, look, that that's a great term. Don't you love it? Weaponized I loved it. Keynesians. Yeah, I love that in his column. Weaponized Keynesians, yeah. exactly. Yeah, as far as, as, as long as the money can be spent on stuff that doesn't make good business sense, this is interesting, mm-hmm. we'll spend it. Nobody expects money spent on an, F20, an F-22, right, to uh, make any sense business-wise. But if you spend money, if you try to spend money on businesses that are really businesses, then everybody is checking your pennies and your nickels, right? That's the problem. Because you're not supposed to stimulate business, you're supposed to stimulate waste. So you got the, the, the weaponized Keynesians are really unhappy because maybe some money is going to be taken out of the Defense Department. And maybe Obama's going to bring the boys home. Uh, you know, bring the boys home. He's just yeah. going to turn the boys around. That's all he's going to do. They're going to leave Iraq and take a left and face, end up in the Persian face, Gulf. Face Mecca. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I don't know. I really, I just don't see any clear light. The closest is Occupy Wall Street. And it is growing. It is growing. But oh, yeah. I don't. Except for Elizabeth Warren, once again, I don't see anybody speaking plain truth in Washington. Straight, plain truth. That's all I'm asking for. It doesn't have to be radical. It doesn't have to tear this down or do that. They just have to speak plain truth. She's the only one I've come up with. There may be others who occasionally get at it, but she is so, you know, it's like, She's that teacher you always wanted to have in economics and world history, hmm. right? Yeah. Who who's, really, yeah, who's, who's, who spoke the truth, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. In well, that, here's yeah. one piece of good news. Oh, okay, right. I got good news for you, David. Okay. The Navy is now uh, powering various devices, helicopters and landing barges on 50-50 gasoline and algae biodiesel. Yep, Whoa. 50-50 algae aviation biofuel blend on a Seahawk helicopter in flight. In flight, hmm. Dave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and LCUs and all these 135 long, foot-long vehicles weighing 120 tons that can do up to 12 knots, whatever that is. I've never could figure out what a knot was. I don't know how you can fathom is either. But yeah. in any case... 50-50, and it's biodiesel, right? It's just scum from the sea. Here's scum the Navy, is what we're going to be saying. <laughs> oh, is Here's... that the Navy? Oh, yeah, oh, they, they must, oh be, must be burning algae again. Well, if they can do 50-50 with algae biodiesel, how long before we're going to be able to run smaller things? Like, I don't have a 130-foot-long, 180-ton car, Right. My car doesn't have to go off the ground and carry 15 Navy SEALs, right? It's got a little Volkswagen. I think I might be able to go 100% algae biodiesel. At least I won't s- smell like the wrong end of a Chinese restaurant when I'm driving <laughs> down the street. Well, <sighs> you know, when the 5th and 6th fleets burn as much fuel as they burn, and that's, you know, all, all, that, all that stuff that comes from those Persian Gulf countries. Goes up in smoke yeah. in the in in our uh, naval fleets, but yeah, of course. And these uh, these kinds of developments on the part of the military, uh, as we know, do trickle down into consumer goods and can change the world. So there's a certain level uh, of um, research and practical uh, use of research in the military that doesn't go on in the private sector. And, you know, well, when, when, when Ford was going broke by uh-huh. making cars nobody wanted, w- what uh-huh. they were making money on was the, the, there's the, the leasing and the, their, their, their whole, uh, Listen, you know, that program. Finance. Finance Listen. program. That's where they They're were making loans. the money. Do you know who also makes more money from finance than from goods of all people? General Electric, which is like big-time producer of big-time stuff, and General Motors. It's in their leasing departments where they have all this money, David. And money counts, not products, because products you need calculus and algebra and engineering (laughs) and all that stuff. But with money, you're just kicking it back and forth, sitting there. I mean, it's a whore's game. It's a pimp's game. 
Oh, well. Okay, so I think l- let's get a poem. Okay, let's, let's Pete. Wrap it up. I, let's I, wrap yeah, it up. yeah. I mean, it's the the news will just go on in this way and maybe they'll maybe they'll find the 2 billion dollars they've lost and maybe they won't. And, but it's not no. our money, but it is somebody's. It is our money in the sense that it's been taken out of circulation. Yes, David, it is in a sense. You know that? Because money that's that's so misused and, and dealt with so frivolously does affect us in some way. It really does. Well, clearly. It destabilizes it's, the economy. It, it's impoverished the country, basically. Yeah. So, I mean, what, that, what are you going to read us today? Is what are you going to read us This today? is a little one by uh, Tufu. From uh, from my my favorite Tang poets, this one's called New Moon. Now we don't we're a little past the new moon right now, but it was beautiful up there in the clouds, kind of a half a moon, and we just had the first snowfall up in the mountains, uh, the mountain passes. You had to wear, you had to put you know good tires on your car, and so this uh-huh. is this is sort of a seasonal poem called New Moon by Tufu. Yeah. Such a thin moon. In its first quarter, a slanting shadow, a partly finished ring, barely risen over the ancient fort, hanging at the edge of the evening clouds. The Milky Way hasn't changed color. The mountain passes are cold and empty. There's white dew in the front courtyard, secretly filling the drenched carnations. Wow! Wow! Let, let's go, Tang, man. I tell you, hang the hang the twentieth first century. Let's go back to Tang. I'm so, I become such a, a you know a, a retroactive. I'm such a luddite, such a retro. But okay. <laughs> hey, that's Radio Free Oz for for today. That's good for you all week uh, uh, on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I do my own blog called Everything You Know Is Wrong. David, David Osmond, thank you so much for co-hosting. You're so uh, Dave welcome, Maloney. Yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut. I've been cutting you off the whole time. Why? And that's because you haven't had your earphones on. That, what? Uh, uh, yes, that's true. <laughs> Dave Maloney, thank you for, for producing and, and making Blue You available. And Chaz Glass, thank you. And, and Scotty Wilde and John DeSimio and John and, and, and um, Phil Fountain, you know, and Doc... That's Doc Technical and Tom Gedwillow. Thank you all for making Oz available. And please don't forget to go up and keep us financially viable because we do talk the truth. I'm not always right, you know. Sometimes I'm probably way over the moon. But at least I think I'm doing it. And I think we're open to, to listening to stuff. So pay for it. A few bucks. RadioFreeOz.com. Push the big green button. Okay, Dave, everybody. See you next week. Go along.